I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth Emission, the local impacts of the global coronavirus scare. But before we get into that, do you want to have a say in what we cover here on Fifth Emission or on any of our other podcasts? We want to know what you think. Take a quick survey at sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey. If you complete it, you'll be entered into a drawing for one of five $100 gift cards. It's short, and we really do want to know what you think. That's sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey. So we know that San Francisco has the most people of Chinese descent per capita of any urban area outside China itself. Our economic ties are strong, the cultural connections deep, and the familial relationships long-standing. Joining me today to discuss how the Bay Area has been impacted by the local health scares in China is reporter Anna Bauman and reporter Tatiana Sanchez. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Hello. Hi. So you have been on the local impacts beat today. Tatiana, maybe you can catch us up with where we are in terms of the number of people who have been diagnosed with coronavirus. Yeah, so as of this morning, health officials announced that there have been 43,000 diagnosed cases and 1,000 deaths. And how many are there actually in California? So in California, there have been a total of seven, and there have been four in the Bay Area. That has that seems incredible to me that this disease has not become more apparent in the Bay Area, just given the amount of travel we have between the two continents. Anna, maybe you should start off with what are some uh, maybe local impacts that people might not think about that you've noticed? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the biggest impacts has definitely been through travel. Um, We've seen a lot of flights canceled between China and Bay Area airports. Um, So there's actually um, most of the airlines have shut down all of their flights um, through the end of March with the last flight out from SFO on February 16th. Um, So automatically because of that, um, the tourism industry has obviously taken a hit. um, And that's a big deal in San Francisco because um, China, there were last year more than 500,000 visitors from China to San Francisco. Um, Wow. That's a lot more people than I would have anticipated. Yeah, it makes up. And it's also, it's been Lunar New Year's celebrations too, which I would think uh, disproportionately is a popular time for people to come and visit family that's here or other things. Exactly. Yeah. So we've spoken with a lot of people whose whose family plans have been canceled, um, as well as the businesses that are taking a hit because of the fewer number of visitors who are coming. Um, I spoke with one um, merchant in Chinatown who owns two legacy businesses, um, and he was saying that he's just seen less people, you know, out shopping, eating at restaurants, walking around in Chinatown. Um, And that, unfortunately, one of his businesses, a bakery um, over on Stockton Street, really took a hit because there was a a rumor going around that um, there was some sort of coronavirus incident there, which was not true. Um, He held a press conference to shut down that that myth and um, has since seen the numbers come back. But all in all, it's just been sort of a a decline in, in business um, in Chinatown due to the the drop in visitors from China, but also these sort of rumors and unfounded fears about well, the virus. You know, I've, I've received some emails from visitors and readers 
that say, you know, I, I walk down Stockton Street or I work, walk down Grant Street and, oh, my gosh, there's nobody out. Is there a sense in the community, whether that's residents of Chinatown staying indoors because they're fearful or is it all this tourism? I think it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, like Anna said, unfortunately, when these health scares happen, there's a lot of rumors that go around. There's a lot of paranoia and a lot of it is unfounded. So I think it's both both tourists and some local residents who have chosen just to stay inside or not go, you know, to their local grocery store like they normally would or not go to their local bar because of this fear that they will become infected when, in fact, the chances are very low. Well, it's it, it's not circulating right now in the Bay Area. So there's there's almost there. I mean, I don't want to ever say there's zero risk, but there's pretty close to zero risk that we have not seen this pop up in the community in any real way. I think it's it's actually remarkable that we've been limited to just a handful of cases. Are there other ways that we're seeing local impacts from this scare? Yes, one of the ways um, there have been a lot of uh, local Chinese Americans and Asian Americans in particular who have reported feeling um, discriminated against, whether it be, you know, just stares when they cough on the bus and questions from, you know, Lyft drivers about where they've been, if they've traveled to China and really just feeling targeted and a little bit alienated. Um, we saw UC Berkeley take a lot of heat recently for posting on its Instagram that their health center posted uh, on Instagram, you know, symptoms or reactions to uh, the coronavirus and listed xenophobia as one of those quote unquote reactions. And that angered and really hurt a lot of people because they felt like the university was normalizing xenophobia and discrimination toward Asian Americans. And of course, they took it down very quickly and uh, the university apologized and issued a statement for that. I'm speaking with reporters Tatiana Sanchez and Anna Bauman about the coronavirus and the local impacts. We'll be right back after this. I'm back with reporters Tatiana Sanchez and Anna Bauman. Anna, you wrote a story about a specific instance, and I, w- I was shocked by this, but somebody coming back from the airport who wasn't being allowed into a lift. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, this this woman was returning from Mexico, and she had been there Um, on a bachelorette trip with some of her girlfriends and was trying to get into um, a lift right outside the airport and sort of approached the car and was trying to open the door and unlock the trunk. And the driver wouldn't let her in until um, her friend, who is Caucasian, approached the car. Um, And then once they were inside, he proceeded to grill them about where they had been coming from and confirm multiple times that it hadn't been China, as well as assuming and asking if she had um, sort of an Asian sounding name. And he said he had been canceling trips uh, with passengers who had Asian sounding names. Um, and this this woman, you know, obviously felt discriminated against. And, and so it's unfortunate examples like that that are kind of popping up and in instances that are being reported across social media of, of similar accounts. And it, it, Lyft did take this pretty seriously because that driver is no longer working for them. So so it seems like the employer um, thought there was a reason to think it was uh, racism and xenophobia as well. Mm-hmm. So, Tatiana, what other impacts do you think um, people 
might be seen in the Bay Area. I mean, I, we have a lot of business travel with China. I know my husband travels to China sometimes for his business. Um, I'm kind of happy that he can't fly anymore because <laughs> he has to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but are there other local business impacts just from beyond the travel there? So we're seeing uh, impacts at local universities, of course, because there's such a large um, population of Chinese Americans and also exchange students. Um, inevitably, that has impacted foreign foreign exchange programs and also uh, companies that rely on manufacturers in China, you know, for products that are kind of in limbo right now. I'm not really and are not really certain when they can resume operations or have had to look elsewhere for their products. One of the things that you wrote about today that I that I really liked is uh, one of my favorite places to take people in Chinatown is the Golden Gate Fortune Cookie Factory on Ross Alley, which if anybody who's listening hasn't been there, I'll be shocked. But it's such a great little place to take visitors. They've seen a huge drop in traffic, too. So you won't have to wait in a line anymore, I guess, is the good, but but a big impact to this business. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, one of the, the, the sad aspects aspects uh, when something like this happens. I spoke to Kevin Chan, the owner, this morning, and he did say that they have seen about a 70% drop in clientele, which is really drastic, you know, when you think about this iconic place in San Francisco that everyone knows of and goes to. Um, But he said people just aren't stopping by. And um, when you think also about the fact that it's Lunar New Year, you know, you would expect that there would be tons of people stopping by this place. But he said that's not the case. And um, he also mentioned the fact that normally teachers bring their classes in during this time and they're just not seeing that. So, you know, he's really hurting and is sad about it and feels that it really is um, the fear that is holding people back from visiting. I know I spoke to one of our colleagues who's Asian American in the newsroom and he said he was on BART and feels like he's not allowed to cough. And and he's not even Chinese American. He's Japanese American. But he, he said it's just so bad being an Asian person. Person on BART, and if you have a cough, because it is, you know, we all we seem to all have a cold right now. It's really like people look at you in a different way. Did you hear that a lot, Anna, when you were walking around Chinatown? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that unfortunately people are experiencing, um, and it's also popping up on social media. Sort of these. Um, you know, memes and offensive jokes going around about such instances that. Um, really are making people feel uncomfortable walking around their own city. Ladies, this weekend, I, I don't. did you get to go to the Chinese New Year parade? I did not, but I, I was watching either. Oh, <laughs> on the no. TV. <laughs> you have to go. It's my favorite parade in San Francisco. And I have to say, I was expecting a little bit of a ghost town. And there was no ghost town. Like, it did seem like people came out in force um, with their firecrackers and M80s and things that were definitely not legal, but very fun to shoot off in Chinatown. (laughs) Um, They had a press conference before the parade uh, to ask people to attend, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And I think that was probably a big reason why the turnout was so high. Um, I think in the week leading up to the parade, there had been some other Lunar New Year celebrations across the country that were canceled um, due to coronavirus fears. And so people were were kind of wondering, you know, is this safe to go to? Should I be attending the Lunar New Year parade and festival? Um, and so city officials did have a press conference um, 
a couple days before to sort of clarify that there's no public health risk, um, encouraging people to go and, and turn up and, and support Chinatown and not be driven away by um, the, those unfounded fears like we talked about. Last week on the show, uh, health reporter Aaron Alday said that um, this is not circulating in the community and, and two weeks is really the time period where we will no- have a better idea of whether we were able to contain it to China. And we're not quite there yet, but it does seem like the global health community has been relatively successful minimizing the cases outside of China. Health departments have encouraging people to report if they've been to China and feel sick. Is there any sense that you have, Tatiana, of when this might get better for Chinatown? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in terms of the businesses and visitors, that might take a little while than it would take for the flights to resume and all the logistical things to go back to normal. I think um, maybe businesses are going to feel that just a little bit longer as that fear eases, eases, um, you know, but they're still hopeful that it won't take months because at the end of the day, um, it's their livelihood and it's what they're, what they depend on, you know, to make money and to feed their families. Um, So I think it's hard to tell exactly how long it will take, but I do think that businesses will probably suffer a little longer just because those rumors tend to linger a little bit. Well, probably people are canceling vacations and, and, and doing this already, which is going to have a little bit of a ripple effect. I would also assume that a lot of these businesses are importing products from China, too, and that also will be delayed a little bit. Anything else you want to say about the, the local impacts that we've seen so far? I would say, you know... And we've we've said this several times already uh, in this episode, but just keep in for people to keep in mind that there is no huge threat here in the Bay Area, and to um, you know not spread fear or rumors, and really just be mindful of the fact that there is no particular community to blame for this or to target for this. Um, so I would just say. Uh, advise people to keep that in mind and to not be afraid to go out and resume your normal routines. Great. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you to Tatiana Sanchez and Anna Bauman for being with me today. And please don't forget, you can take our survey about what you like about Fifth and Mission and our other podcasts at sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey. Thanks to King Kaufman and Erica Carlos for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.